guys, this is Across the Aisle, and we're going to be just talking about a bunch of misconceptions, doing a, an interesting little episode. So I just wanted to talk about what a misconception is and what's, what makes a misconception a misconception. So a misconception isn't just someone or a group of people being wrong about an idea or a culture or something. It's a commonly held belief, which is just either completely wrong or mostly wrong, or just misattributed. Um, a big example of that, probably one of the more famous ones, is the idea of the Viking horn helmets, which we've seen five BuzzFeed articles about and about... And they look super badass. Yeah, they look badass, but no, it, 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 they are... In all those articles, they are correct. It was Wagner who pushed forward the horn helmet. They've never found horn helmets on a Viking. But then you have inaccuracies which are a bit different, where, you know, it's something that happened or something that was said or existed, but at the wrong time. A big example of that is in the most recent Steve Jobs biopic with the one who plays Magneto. can't remember his name. Uh, he's his best friend, Steve Wozniak, who is played by not Zach Galifianakis, but Seth Rogen. Um, yeah, yeah, the other bearded fat dude in Hollywood that's no longer fat. Um, he has this very interesting little watch of his that uses these tubes to tell time. It's a very famous thing that Steve Wozniak has, and he does own that watch. He wears it every single day, but he didn't have it at the time frame that the movie points to it because the circuit board in it didn't exist yet. You couldn't make a component that small to run these tubes with a battery that was efficient enough to run it in 96 or 97, whenever that supposed to, like that, that conference was supposed to have happened. He got it in the later 2000s. And I think that a lot of things in this world kind of fit into this weird... It's a commonly held belief, but it's just entirely wrong. Or it's something that's shown in movies or TV shows so much that it just doesn't make much sense. Or it's just been interpreted very wrong. Like the whole Napoleon complex thing moving from a literal political and war campaign against Napoleon by the English to make Napoleon seem like a silly man into a actually real psychological thing that is, exists. <laughs> So, when in reality he was like a little above average or average height. Yeah, he was like slightly above average. We don't really know, but what we do know is that the the like how tall they say he is, like whether it's you know five foot five or five yeah. foot seven, whatever uh, people have cited, they're using French inches, which was before. France had gotten behind the metric system because the metric system happened after Napoleon stopped existing as a person. <laughs> so what we think of when it comes to imperial units as an inch are different than French inches because a lot of measurements back in the day were like had the same names but were like totally different things. So a lot of local stuff. So he was actually probably about like... That makes it fun and confusing. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like times. Yeah. Yeah, time is really weird. Uh, probably my favorite thing from history that people forget is the fact that the French... Like, the reason that we have a 
a 60 minute hour and a 24 hour day is because uh, the French wanted to do wanted wanted to move from a decimal system to a deca or not a, a deca system to a uh, a a base 12 system a a dozzle system which is why time is done in like things that seem really weird to us but actually aren't at all like it, it makes total sense if you think about it in the frame of everything is base 12 but then when you convert it to decimal it's really weird it also makes fractions way cooler because you know one third <laughs> isn't point three 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 one third is uh 1.4 i believe yeah 1.4 because you know 1.4 or it's 0.4 not 1.4 0.4 because 4 times 4 or 4 plus 4 plus 4 is 12 so I was wondering where okay. you're gonna, I was wondering where you're going with that. And we're yeah. just like, okay, let's just see where this goes. So yeah, it makes fractions <laughs> better. It makes time as we've been using it for like about two hundred years now way more interesting and makes way more sense. But you know, so, French lost that war. So I have a question. Um, kava is commonly the stuff we all drink, and we did an episode about earlier kava kava. Um, yeah. It's often given with this warning that, oh, and be careful with kava in your liver. Although everything I've seen says one study from Germany showed that decades ago, which was since taken back and said it wasn't done with the proper um, protocols or whatever. And they actually, Germany reversed their law, the only people to ever ban kava. And we're like, oh, uh, yeah. Actually, England did too. Because and, of the same study. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, well, it's yeah but that study was over there. disproven, and it was only ever one study to begin with. So, um, is that an inaccuracy or a misconception? Um, okay. Because it kind of has so, some basis, right? Inaccuracies usually stem from. And can we drink some kava since we all have yeah. some? Yeah, yeah, yeah. we can definitely drink some kava. Shells up. Bula. 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 So that's not a fine line. Yeah. But to me, that's just... That's not an inaccuracy. That's just wrong. <laughs> okay. Um, because it wasn't... It, it wasn't like... Like you see a lot of the time now where... Um, probably one of my favorite um, things that Cracked has done in a very long time is they made a video a couple months ago that was how TV and movies don't understand what the fuck being drunk is. And uh, yeah. how they constantly show it as being, like, this weird hallucinogen that also makes you, like, really strong and, like, reconsider all of your life choices in one... Like, you've never been drunk before. You've just <laughs> never been drunk. That's what you think alcohol does. It doesn't. Mm. Those are kind of, like, not misconceptions, but just, like, weird things that just happen. This is wrong. Like, it's not... Yeah. It's not a cultural thing where people, like, unless you're seven and don't know what alcohol yeah, does Yeah, I often someone. feel like uh, they portray... Drugs is like, or yeah, alcohol and any all drugs is like a way stepped up version. Like when they show someone smoke weed, they portray it as if they took mushrooms. Well, yeah, the thing know? is, that you look at it from the standpoint that like when I was in when I went to EMT school, there's a couple things that I thought were very interesting about the way that they portray things in the media, the way they portray things in movies. If we were to watch a TV show about how it actually is to be like an EMT or a medic, 
it I don't think a lot of people would want to watch it because there's like you go and do something cool for like a short period of time and then you go fill out a bunch of paperwork. Like no <laughs> one would want to watch that. So they like they make it all exaggerated. Well, for example, like you will you. never blow up a car by shooting it. Like just that's like that's like not. Excuse you. The greatest cop movie of all time actually does include uh, paperwork scenes. It's Hot Fuzz. Get the fuck. <laughs> oh really? That's... Yeah, there actually was a. Uh a couple uh, police officers that were interviewed and, like, asked about the accuracy of Hot Fuzz, and it's like, well, he does paperwork, so it's way more accurate than <laughs> any other cop movie I've ever seen. Uh, I do, I want to see, like, um, like, a, a, a thriller, though, with the paperwork. It's like, you know, as they're, she pulls out the piece of paper and grabs the pen, damn it, cuts the commercial, you're like, oh, what is she gonna write? <laughs> but that's the thing, though, like, I, I had a, a, a like a, a, a random Facebook friend that was really upset over the show. I think it was like a Chicago Fire or one of those shows. They were yeah. just like, oh, that's not what it's really like to be a medic or that's not really what it's really like to be a firefighter. And then like, I had one of my firefighter friends be like, yeah, who would who would watch that? Like, you go in and, and maybe you have, like, on some days, maybe you don't get a call and you're just sitting there working out like the whole time or studying. Like, it's not, if you, if you like, make something too accurate then it it's not interesting for people to watch or else you just like go to you know the police station just watch cops do their job all day or go to <laughs> the fire department and watch fire firefighters do their job all day that'd be and, more entertaining uh, if it was actually weirdly enough that's kind of what's what's happened a lot is most misconceptions that we think of or that we've been able to like look at and go oh this is wrong is usually either the result of art mm-hmm. trying to make something more interesting more dramatic more dynamic or it's a giant political campaign that has just lasted for like 300 years and there's like a couple of instances in between that but really it's essentially either artists being like well, this would be cool mm-hmm. and politicians being like well fuck it we'll just make them believe this like I think one of my favorite things to think about is you know what would happen if we had flipped some of these misconceptions or this idea that some people have that like everything in their entire life is a lie like if you just sat down with them and just told them every misconception that you could possibly find and just like watch them eventually be like oh wait no reality is just like boring you know i don't know if i i agree with this idea about misconceptions because i feel like every portrayal i've ever seen of a black person is completely accurate. I'm just, I'm just throwing that out there, for real. <laughs> accurate. They got, they got us dead. Right. So that's exactly how we are. No, I'm kidding. Um, but I, there's like three different black guys. You have, <laughs> you have Morgan Freeman, black man, which is now being taken over by Forrest Whitaker, black man, which is I am old black man Did and I mean? know, I know of all information. Well, I am wisdom. Well, that's the that's the <laughs> thing. Have you ever heard of the magical Negro? Yeah, that's yeah. what that the is ni- supposed the to. 1980s you know, and 90s. the magical Negro. Then they have like the the, the, I love the, the like Negro. athlete, the black athlete, and then they have the drug dealer. Like, there's only like three. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, actually, well no, those actually, are all men. Wait, wait, there's oh, other. Yeah. There's other. Roles oh for yeah, women, that's a good right? point. How yeah. many black women have you seen in movies in the past five years that wasn't twelve years a slave? I'll wait. Thank you. Um. <laughs> oh no no no. Um, Girls' night out. Shut your face. Um, uh, no, but what about the numbers? The NASA. Um, Hidden, that's fucking hidden figures. cheating. That's hidden literally figures. That's, <laughs> hidden figures is just, hey, look, this is a thing that happened. Here's a movie you didn't know about it. I mean, that's kind of a misconception, which makes it topical. But at the same time, like, wait, what's a misconception about it? 
Uh, when people think about NASA, people don't actually know that NASA was like, it wasn't, it was a segregated part of the government. What the fuck? So, uh, like, a weird thing with uh, NASA is they had a quote-unquote colored section and a white section for computers before they had the IBM. Uh, and they happened to have these extremely brilliant women who were doing a lot of mathematics, math that I couldn't possibly do if you had showed me every single equation I would need to use, how to do them, and do spent a algebra. year with me trying to teach me. I couldn't understand half of the shit that they were doing. Uh, but the movie is about these three specific black women who had moved from like dur during the time of the oh, which rocket was it? Jupiter no, uh, not not the Apollo before the Apollo, something seven. I want to say it was the first time when we put a hu like the United States put a human into yeah. space. Another misconception: the Russians actually did beat us to space. It was yeah. it was just the first human to space, which was like actually the race, and no. then they were just like. And that's a really funny thing. People always think, like, oh, America won the space race because they went to the moon. It's like, no, the race was to go to space, and then Russia did it, and then America was like, Sputnik was fuck you, <laughs> fuck you, you want to know what? The real race is to the moon, bitch. <laughs> and then Russia was like, all right, fine. And then we won. Like, And also, <laughs> the uh, the Russians put up a woman in space, like, 20 years before Sally Ryder, who's, like, always said the first woman in space. Yeah. Sally Ryder or Sally Ryder? I don't Ride, probably ride. I okay. think I get that because that stupid classic rock song. Are you sure it's not Ryder? Because it might actually be Ryder. I don't know. R Y R E. I'm gonna look this up. You guys can continue this conversation. Um, but uh, yeah. So it's like a weird thing where misconceptions. Look up the Russian woman's name too, because I can't say. Um, it. it's Valentina something. Sounds. I'm pretty sure it's Valentina. It uh, was um, Sally Ride. Okay. The first woman in space. So let's so the first. Uh, uh... No, I mean, she wasn't. Yeah. Oh, oh, no, 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 oh, let me let me. Valentina something. So first American woman in space. Yeah. See. Yeah, it does say first American woman. For let's see the first woman in space. Ah, oh, I'm pretty sure it's Valentina something. It might be like Romanov. Valentina. Ha. Tereskova. Tereskova. There we go. Ha. Shout out to you, Valentina. <laughs> Yo, you the real MVP. But, yeah, it's it's a weird thing where everything seems to be either a misconception because of art or because of politics. And that's, that's a really good example of people who think that, you know, America won the space race, but if you ask the average American, okay, who put the first satellite in space, they might tell you Russia, but if you ask them who put the first human in space, unless you're talking about someone who you know, lived during that time, they're yeah. probably going to say us because we constantly brag about our space achievements. Because after the 60s, we had a lot of them. Though yeah. I do blame Nixon for not going to Mars sooner. That does, And that's, like, that's a big accomplishment to oh, be the it, first person in space. Oh, it like, definitely is. Amazing. Yeah. Um, but it, it goes back into, it almost, I feel like, goes back to our, our um, communist realism to a certain extent. Because... Uh, there's no way that uh, 
like socialist or communist or whatever government did something before we did because yeah there's no way it's not, yeah. they, their, their government is so dysfunctional they could never do anything yeah. worth anything that's true yeah. I think another bread lines yeah <laughs> um, I think my other misconception that I always like think about because it's so weird that it's it's a it's a it's a thing that we continually believe and it's that you know the the constitution was mapped out from the beginning and what I mean by that is like people point to the constitution as being like it's infallible and we can't change anything about it because it's what our founding fathers wanted except like nearly all of our founding fathers wrote it so that it could be changed and updated because they knew like if this is gonna last more than like our lifetimes times are gonna change maybe don't (laughs) like maybe don't listen to us because like yeah Thomas Jefferson is probably most famously known for either being the dude who wrote literally, was it him or the other? Oh, I can't remember if it was him or if it was Madison who bought the newspaper first. But they bought a newspaper company to write articles about the other guy and how shitty the other guy was. I think that was Thomas Jefferson with John Adams. John Adams, yes, yeah, not yeah. Madison. Yeah, um, he, um, yeah, they, uh, they were like good friends, and then they um, hated each other, and they didn't speak for a long time, and they died on each other's birthdays years apart. Oh, they bought, they died on the Fourth of July. Oh yeah, yeah, they died on the Fourth oh. of July, an hour between each other, and I can never remember who was first to say it, but I think Adams said, and Jefferson lives on, but Jefferson died an hour ago. Like when when Adams said that, Jefferson had already been dead for an hour. Which was weird, yeah. They both died on the anniversary of the 4th of July <clears throat> within an hour of each other. Beard. Crazy. That is crazy. Um, but yeah, that's cool. But an interesting thing with that is, like, people always, like, think of the Founding Fathers as, like, these infallible men that were awesome. And it's like, yeah, but, like, Thomas Jefferson still raped his slaves. Like, people know that, right? Like, there are mixed children in this world yeah, that are the embodiment of... Jefferson. And he was probably the best of them. So what's that really say? <laughs> like, like, I've read some of his, like, writing, and yeah, it's pretty, there's some powerful stuff in there. There's a lot of, like, bourgeois arist, aristocracy. Yeah, aristocracy bullshit, and some defense of slavery, and some condemnation of slavery, but obviously his actions speak louder than his <laughs> yeah. writing. Well, um, I think another thing, if we're gonna talk about, like, early American history, is, like, we're taught from, like, when we're children that Benedict Arnold is this, like, horrible traitor that's a horrible, horrible traitor of traitors. But, like, he kind of, like, helped us win the war. Uh, and I don't think many people understand that. And it's not because he's a really bad general. It's because he was actually, like, one of the best generals we ever had, ever, in our entire lives of, like, early American history. Like, one of the best generals of, like, our first hundred years. You know, and it, it goes. He by- almost, I shit you not. He almost took Canada for us at the beginning. He lost because he was shot in the leg, and then it, tried to keep Canada. on fighting, and then almost lost his leg. They, they had to cut it off, and he's like, no. Or no, they did. They did cut it off. Did they? Yes, they did. They cut off uh, his leg below the knee. The second time he was shot, he got shot twice in the leg. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, like same it, leg, by the way. It goes back to the saying that, like, you know, you can do all this great stuff, but generally, people only remember that time you fucked up. Well, weirdly enough, with that is like, 
when I say that, like, Ben and Delgado still was an asshole. Like, Except for he, Thomas Jefferson. Except for yeah, Thomas Jefferson. <laughs> he, he married a, a rather young girl uh, of a famous family in order to, like, keep his money. And part of the only reason that he even, like, became a traitor was because his superior officer was a dick. And he's like, you guys aren't giving me credit. Man. It's <laughs> like, you're fighting for a country to get their independence. Fucking wait a little bit. Like, there will be books written about you. And, you know, weirdly enough, there were. Um, <laughs> you know what? I feel like we should almost just make this podcast a history podcast. Oh, we're gonna we do get history? into such awesome conversations about history. Oh, most of man, which I don't know. There's a lot know. of, like... Yeah, I feel like I'm, 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 I'm spreading some misconceptions... And inaccuracies and conspiracies when I talk about history, though. <laughs> but maybe, hey, that pays. Well, I, mean, I, I was kidding, but I think yeah, it, it, you, it you, you can only do so much with accuracy when you're talking about these things. Because, like, even the Benedict Arnold thing, like, for all we know, she wasn't actually 16, and that was just what the newspaper wrote. She was, like, she could have been 20. We don't yeah. know. Like, yeah, we weren't news, there. Yeah, history is written uh, by the winners. Lot, and it has a lot of literature leanway, too. Like, you know, um,. People add all sorts of stuff. There's yeah. a lot more fiction like, or um, guesswork in there. Yeah, I'll have to I'll have to look this up. But if I remember correctly, there's even this really weird thing that uh, Hemingway wrote about F. Scott Fitzgerald and like how shit of a person F. Scott Fitzgerald was. Like after Fitzgerald was dead, like not like he wrote it while Fitzgerald was alive and it got published and mm. then like. F- no, like, he was dead. Like, dead for, like, a couple years. And it was, like, a really fucked up thing. Hemming. Because I, I need to quote You know this. what? I'm going to take this opportunity to say I've tried to read two Hemingway books in my life, and I think I put them both down after about four chapters because they were boring as fuck. <laughs> um, I don't get it. Great American author? Mm. Well, eh. I mean... Eh. I mean, there's a reason they have to make us read those books in school. Yeah. You would never read that. The Sun Also Rises? Oh my god. It was like the first <laughs> chapter I wanted to pull my teeth out. <laughs> that's awesome. I've read some quotes by him that I'm like, oh, that's funny or that's clever. Okay, mm-hmm. but man, reading a book was terrible. Now okay. all of our Hemingway fans are going <laughs> to... I did like, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so... All of our Hemingway fans are... Do we <laughs> really have that many Hemingway fans? Dude, the world's littered with them. You would be surprised. <laughs> This is this is Ernest Hemingway. F. Scott Fitzgerald's talent was as natural as the pattern that was made by the dust on a butterfly's wings. At one time, he misunder he, he he understood it no more than the butterfly did, and he did not know when it was brushed or marred. Later, he became conscious of his damaged wings and of their construction, and he learned to think it, and could not fly anymore because the love of flight was gone, and he could only remember when it had been effortless. Literally. Jesus. Yeah, yeah. So I, I like Fitzgerald more. <laughs> it's like, you became emo. That's what he's saying there. He's yeah. like, you used to be happy and had this, like, grand talent to you, and then you stopped being happy, and then you couldn't reach your greatness anymore because you had depression. Fuck off. Like, yeah. like Hemingway, you were an alcoholic <laughs> yeah. that used cats to distract the fact that you hated yourself other than the rum you were drinking so like maybe don't maybe don't 
But you can recognize the Hemingway fans. They have a Pall Mall behind their ear, <laughs> and they'll tell you they're a writer within the first 30 minutes of conversation. Gotcha. Yeah. I'll keep that in mind. Ah, uh, Hemingway. <laughs> I really want to go to his house, though. I want to, I want to go pet his cats. Oh, dude, I went to his it house. It was fun. pretty cool. Um, oh, can you pet his cats? So, yeah, they're everywhere. Dude. Hell they're just, yeah. They're just running around everywhere. They all have six toes, right? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. There's um, a lot of damn cats. And it sucks because I'm allergic to cats, so that was not a fun trip for me. <laughs> but they were everywhere. <laughs> it sucked. Um, so, yeah, I thought about something. When you said misconceptions, you want to talk about that. I was kind of confused what we were going to talk about. Um, but I thought of something. I don't think it fits either of those um, misconception or inaccuracy. I think about this a lot. Uh, spelling and things like that we take it people are really harsh about spelling and grammar but even more so spelling and stuff and it's funny to me i've done i've read some stuff on it like spelling used to be looked at a lot more fluid um there weren't fixed (coughs) spellings for words um that's pretty recent like only a couple hundred years uh so like the thing with that is you also have to think of how language has evolved. Because in the very early days of language, like, most people couldn't even write English. Like, most people just spoke English. It was very rare. Like, the reason that people have to read Beowulf in high school is because it's, like, one of the few books we have that's in old English. And even that is a retelling of a retelling of a retelling of a retelling of a retelling that someone happened to write down after all the people that had spoken the story down. Right, right. Oral tradition. Yeah. Yeah. So people forget that the reason that we kind of have that, at least my belief to that from a linguistic sense, is that when it comes to English specifically, we can do another bula here. Bula. Bula. So people think of English as this easy language for a lot of people to learn. It's very easy for Spanish speakers, French speakers, and German speakers to learn. Mostly because English is the product of a weird three-way between a bunch of different conquests from France, kind of technically Spain because of being pushed away, and uh, like languages intersecting between French and Spanish, like getting together. Well, I always thought that uh, English was a Germanic language. Am I wrong on it, that? No, it's not. It, 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 it is from a, a sense of, like, it's grammar structure. Gotcha. Okay, like, I see what you're saying. Like, I love you and Eich Belich mm-hmm. is the same thing. It's the same structure of, um, you know, you have object, whatever, adjective, verb, mm-hmm. and then other thing, whatever mm-hmm. it is. So, yeah, I can't remember exactly what it is. But when it comes to English specifically and, like, spelling and all of that, we didn't write down shit for hundreds of years. So as language evolved, you know, you move from... You have the older Celtic speakers who are actually just Vikings to the Anglo-Saxons, which is where you get England, Anglo-land. Right, right. Um, So they were Germans, and then they became isolated from Germany... But they kind of kept their Germanic language, but they were, like, more tight-knit because they were ostracized from Germany. So their language became more tight-knit, and so their language changed and became Old English as we understand it. But Old English is still this weird language that still has 
weird German letters in it, but also happens to have a huge influence from French yeah. because of William the Conqueror. Well, yeah, so my understanding, yeah, it's, it's I think, and it's kind of a <laughs> philosophical thing for me as well, I guess. I think language is more living than a lot of linguistics, um, especially when you're going into history, tries to give it. It had those letters and stuff because people just made the words. They talked. They no, all understood yeah. each other. Well, what, what, so when they had the spell stuff, they spelled it however they thought was right. Exactly. And that's why, like, um, you'll find, depending where Shakespeare um, was, like... Published. Yeah, published, things would be spelled different. His name was written differently, like, yeah. sometimes drastically differently to, to uh, represent the way the phonetic regional dialect would pronounce that name and that work. Like, yeah. uh, the... No, I get and that. And that makes a lot of sense. I, like, the early American... We were the first people to publish a dictionary, I'm pretty sure. It was the uh, Webster's Dictionary, or the Merriam Dictionary. The Merriam-Webster. Well, no, uh, they were separate. And later, Webster, I think, bought Merriam's uh, Dictionary. I could have that reversed. That's a misconception. Uh, (laughs) Or inaccuracy, I guess. Um, And changed it. The original one was a phonetic standardization, which, uh, when I saw the word word list from it seemed to reflect a very southern region to me, like maybe Virginia or so. Like, um, women is W-O-M-I-N, uh, tongue is T-U-N-G, which makes a lot of sense to me. Um, and then, like, later we tried to make it look fancier to reflect the, uh, other languages that we know it did evolve from naturally. I mean, I get that, and there's a bit of, like, the natural progression of language just in English itself. Like, people find it weird when I spell favorite with an O-U, and it's partially because I I, I learned French in high school. Like, I was never that good at it, but I've been relearning it, and I've also just preferred that spelling, the English quote-unquote English yeah. spelling of it. Um, and the reason that the English have that O-U in a lot of their words that we don't. just comes down to they're closer to French. Yeah, yeah. Um, the, the language is closer to its roots than ours, while a lot of, like, weirdly enough, um, what we understand as the, the, uh, the British accent is entirely a made-up thing. It was, like, something that a bunch of aristocrats started speaking like idiots, and then people were like, that's fucking cool. All of these rich people are talking like that. I'm going to talk like that. Which is why... A, a weird evidence to that is um, historians have, like those that really are into Shakespeare, have pointed out that Shakespeare sounds way better with an Eng- with an American accent than with an English accent. It just sounds like, it sounds like it was someone who didn't understand what language it was. Like for instance, people make fun of the Boston accent a lot in America because it's a funny, it's a funny accent. Yeah. I don't know. I lived in Massachusetts for a very long time. It's funny, but it's also, from a historical perspective, closer to what like, what we think of as, like, the English accent from a long time ago. Yeah. So, language does evolve just like accents evolve, and there's a lot of, you know, weirdness with spelling, but I think that we've started to evolve into the point of we're focusing less on how to spell, because now that most of our communication isn't through talking, most of our communication is through text and has been through text for a long time now. Like, how you get the information out to the world has pretty much been reading stuff 
since the printing press became a thing. And then once the printing press became a thing, and you know, it was mostly a rich person thing, and then eventually it became cheap enough that everyone could just buy a book. You could go to the store and buy a book. It was still kind of expensive, but you could do it if you wanted. And then you could read that book a million times, and it was yours, and you owned it. And that's when it became more important to... Have a standardized structure. Yeah, because unlike with speaking, like it doesn't matter if you want to spell tongue, T-U-N-G, or if I want to spell it a different way, because when I say tongue and you say tongue, we're using the same word. We're just grabbing different letters to create yeah. that word. and you understand it even if I say tongue. Yeah, exactly. So, to me, I think that the reason that happens mostly just comes down to we need a standard because that's where our biggest form of communication is. And back when most of it was through talking, okay. I, it was different. I can see we probably it makes life easier to have a standard it should have been a phonetic one we <laughs> fucked up oh we very much did fuck up i mean there are other languages that definitely push more toward that yeah I mean, korean it, is a phonetic language it has 24 phonetic sounds if you know the alphabet you can read anything in korean well that's the thing with um with a lot of the uh um Asian languages, uh, Korean, Japanese, a lot of those languages have certain things built into the structure, and there, there's a couple theories as to why um, <clears throat> um, Eastern cultures have a tendency to have a better grasp on math, because it's built into their language. So when they go ahead and say something like, you know, um, 27, phonetically, their language is like, it's, you know, 220 plus 7. You know, so like it makes it yeah. when you say it, it actually is speaking the math out versus like for Americans. What does 12 mean? You know, 13 makes sense to a certain extent. Mm -hmm. You know, you know, um, you know, 10. What does that mean? You know, like so right. once you start getting to 10, 11, 12, 13, there is no structure that makes you understand that it's, you know, 10 plus 3 or 10 plus 1, or 10 plus 2. Well, Where in other languages, it literally is 10 plus 2, 10 plus 3, 10 plus 1, you know? so French actually does have that. Um, there's a very common joke. Like, Ohms. Like, what is... Ohms is 11. Huh? Ohms? Yeah. So, um, like, it, it, you reach that, that issue, and then it, when it goes well, to, yeah, like, yo, about, sank, uh, sank, what about, sank, quatre, what about quatre vent? Quatre vent? It's like, you know... Yeah, what quatre, is it? Uh, 20, it's 420s. Huh? It's 420s. It's 80. Oh, okay. I don't remember a lot of my French, but... <laughs> well, it's like... Like, some languages do have that built mm -hmm. in, but it mostly comes down when it comes to, like, that weirdness of mm -hmm. what happens with languages when they isolate and then come together and do a lot of this. Like, people forget that, um, like, a very interesting misconception is people say that North Korea is a relic of the Soviet Union when really North Korea is a relic of Imperial Japan yeah because you know they conquered them like three times in the history of Japan yeah and one of those times happened to be during World War two and then they went away after instilling in a large population a large side of the population that Oh, you guys aren't Korean. I mean, you're Korean, but like you're really Japanese. The Japanese really like conquering. They just they just love the conquering. I mean, there's kind of a precedent for it. They went from being a, a nation of pure isolation mm -hmm. to pure conquer. Yeah. Like, 
sh- in a very short period of time. <laughs> I mean, probably one of my favorite things is um, during World War One. The like people forget that uh, like it's a weird thing. People are just like, why the fuck did Hitler team up with Japan of all countries to team up with to take over whatever? It's like, oh well, they're a conquering force. Um, actually, it's because Japan was in World War Two or in World War One. Uh, people just forget that they were in World War One because they're from everything I can remember, their entire part of being in World War One was just like Germany was like, hey, we should be buddies, or no, oh, yeah, yeah, it was uh, Germany essentially being like, hey, we should be buddies, and then Japan wanting to take these islands that were owned by one of the countries that Germany was technically at war with, so they took over the islands. China. Uh, no. Um, it, I, I can't remember exactly who owned the islands. But then after that happened, like, you know the famous picture you see of the, uh, like, all the people talking at the Treaty of Versailles? Okay, yeah. You know how there's that one weird-looking dude that's almost always cut off in the far right? Not particularly. It's, <laughs> it, it, it's always stuck out to me because he, like, has a half face. Like, he's, like, <laughs> three-fourths of his face is there, but the rest of it is missing. Um, but that's Japan. That's the person of Japan. And they got to keep the islands, and then that helped fuel, like, their their sensation to conquer. And then that's why Germany teamed up with them. Yeah, Europe kind of forced Japan into trading, right? Uh, um, and that's... Yes, early on, and then when World War One broke out, they were like, all right, well, we're going to go take these islands. Look like cute little islands. I want to go put bunnies on them. Well, they wanted to control the trade routes. Oh, God, yeah. I mean, you control the Pacific, you control the fucking world. Yeah, because, yeah, those were just European colonies at that time um, yeah. being treated horribly. It's like, uh, you know, when... Um, we had the Philippines. <laughs> when, the Jap- when the Japanese took over the Philippines, I believe... Is that right? Uh, like, almost all, something like 80% of the soldiers willingly um, left the Phil- the colonial army and went to the, and joined the um, Japanese imperial? army. Yeah. yeah, the imperial army. Because um, they're like, yeah, we've been treated like shit for a long time. <laughs> oh, by the way, if you're interested in uh, cool things from World War II, uh, look up pilot or... American soldier shoots down zero plane with handgun. Very fun read. It's a thing that really happened. <laughs> I'm staring at your sticker and I kept thinking you were going to say, look up American soldier shoots Nazi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, there was a, an American soldier who was doing a bombing ring. I believe he was in, he was in a bomber. And then... Uh, his, squad, his squadron got uh, ambushed, essentially, from Zero fighters that came out of supposedly nowhere. And then they had to bail out of the ship, watch, like, three of his friends die as he's parachuting down, and they're just sitting ducks. So he plays dead, and then this Zero <coughs> plane, like, comes around, checks on him, sees that he's really dead, and then, you know, and then comes back around and then just starts flying directly at him as if he's gonna rip him apart with his propeller. And, uh, American dude then reached into his, uh, leg, grabbed his standard issue pistol, and, uh, shot the plane down with, he just, he said, uh, when he was asked, um, you know, I don't, I don't think I've shot it down, I didn't, 
apparently what he recalls is that I was desperate and I just grabbed my pistol and I just kept on shooting and then I didn't get hit and I don't know what happened and then I was captured and then they offered to let me commit seppuku to myself and I said no I don't want to die and then he became a prisoner of war and then years later they actually found out that yes the plane was shot down <laughs> and the more incredible thing is it wasn't like he hit some mechanic or something he hit the guy dead that's awesome. Yeah, that's a thing. <laughs> that's that's not a misconception. That's just awesome. It sounds like a misconception. It sounds like a a rumor. Well, he it was confirmed by a third party. I want to say it was the Swedish. Okay. They found the plane shot down, and the guy in it who had so, a bullet wound. What's the difference between a misconception and fake news? Well. A misconception fake news. So, a misconception usually derives from a story being told wrong or, you know, liberties being taken with an art or, you know, a political, a politically motivated thing from an actual country. But fake news isn't really misconceptions because they're, they're wrong on purpose. Like, a lot of fake news that we have in the world is actually from, like, different parts of Europe. Like, most American fake news is just from sites that were registered in Europe that are just about talking about Donald Trump and Obama and how he's really, like, what is it, Barry something? Uh, it's like a conspiracy. Oh, I've or, seen like, that one, yeah, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, like, Obama actually was this other guy who was born in Kenya and then moved to Hawaii and then got a certificate of live birth because... You know, his mom was an American citizen, and well, they covered it up, and then he went to the Philippines or something. Well, the thing is that, like, isn't it? If you're American, if your Barry mom's Soros, an, if your Soros, uh, Soros, if, if your mom's an American citizen, you are then, an American, and you've citizen. lived in the United. And she's lived in the United States for a long or a certain period of time before a certain age. Their child is automatically an American citizen. Yes, except yeah. the Constitution says naturally born. That is naturally born. It, we don't know. Uh, the, Supreme, I am telling you right now. The that Supreme is Court born. didn't have a ruling on what made something naturally a natural-born American before that. Because what's the difference between any American born of America? Like, it, it's the reason that when McCain ran in 2008, he went to the Supreme Court essentially because it had to go through them, and they ruled that because he was born. On, on a military, military base, base, and that's technically American soil. Yeah, you have to be a born on American but what, soil. But what about, thing. like, was it Romney that was, like, born in Mexico? Like, not on American uh, soil? Was one of them was born. You might be thinking of Cruz. And wasn't was he? it Cruz? Cruz was uh, not born in America. I can't was remember. Canada? Well, there was... Canada. There yeah. was one candidate that was, um, that was born... Like, oh, I know who you're talking about. I can't it, remember one of the Republicans. Um, but yeah, they're basically like his, his grandfather, the patriarch of his um, family, basically moved to Mexico because of polygamy or something like that. That is Romney. Oh, that and, is Romney. Yeah, and I, I don't, about, yeah. and I think he was born in Mexico. I may be wrong. Actually, I don't want to spread yeah. like false information, but I thought he was. I don't know if he was born, born in Mexico or not, but that's definitely the story you just said fits Romney. His uh, there's a weird vice you can watch out there about his descendants. Um, the Romneys uh, and the the Mormons down there uh, fighting and feuding with the drug cartels. 
um, because there's a big Mormon community down in Mexico, and it's pretty funny. They're all pissed off at him and are like, yeah, Romney knows that ending the drug war would help us and that this happens to us all the time. Um, I mean, they get, like, threatened and all terrible shit, you know. It's a drug cartel. Well, yeah. (laughs) So No. Drug cartels are nice and fluffy. That's what I see on TV all the time. Well, unless they're black, in which case they're always evil. It's a fact. If it's a white drug dealer, then, you know, he's just some guy that's just trying to make it through right now. I don't know. The white drug dealers usually are selling, like, heroin on TV, on cop shows. Um, (laughs) They're wearing, like, white beaters and have a really, really tiny chin strap beard. I guess I'm thinking of, like... Okay, yeah, okay, so let me correct that. I don't believe that Mitt Romney was born in Mexico. His father was born in Mexico. Okay. Yeah, his dad was born in Mexico. That makes sense. So his dad wasn't an American. (laughs) Yeah, and you learned everything from your father, am I right? (laughs) God. But, yeah, so there's a lot of, like, weird things like that. Like, I'm trying to think of a misconception. Oh, here's a, a, a weird one when it comes to... Like, Greece, like, there's this weird misconception that, like, Greek city-states were, like, almost nearly entirely isolated from each other, and that's why their cultures are so different, which is bullshit. It's not not true at all. Like, the Greeks were sailing the Mediterranean and, like, trading with Egypt. Yeah. Like, like a long time, but that's a weird misconception a I ran into. A long time before then, yeah. The, during what we call the Dark Ages, there was a major trading routes going there between Asia and the, all the Mediterranean and the Muslim yeah. world. Yeah. yeah, it's really weird. But uh, that's that's a weird misconception I, I kind of ran across, is that people think that, like... I guess it comes down to, like, how you're taught in schools about Greek city-states, and the only reason that I kind of knew different was just because I was Greek, and, like, that was just, like, beaten into me, was that, like, well, we were once this great place, and then, you know... A thousand AD happened and we kind of stopped. Yeah, uh, I'm like at least fifty percent Polish and I've never had trouble screwing in a light bulb. <laughs> <laughs> Although I've never seen my family members do it. <laughs> huh. God. But I mean, it's uh, like usually when people find out I'm Jamaican, like one of the first things they ask me is um, first about Bob Marley, and then about weed. And I'm like, yes, we all do love what Bob about Marley. Usain Bolt? What happened that, to Usain but, Bolt? But Usain Bolt was something that came about in my adult life. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. When I was a kid, everyone made jokes about pot and stuff like that. I'm just like, I've never even had a contact tie. So, like, you, is it... Wait, wait, Kaysen, your face. Kaysen, since we're finally on the topic, I finally get to ask this while we're recording. How do you feel about cool runnings while I sit uh, here and fucking uh, sit my comments? You know what? I'm pretty sure I went on a rant about this. On a, a podcast beforehand, yeah, I fucking hate that movie. I fucking hate What's that wrong movie. With it? I hate that movie because there's some misconceptions. In you know it. what? Here's a lot of Jamaicans love that movie, and generally, I find that a lot of Jamaicans like things that like um, showcase Jamaica. But to no me, it's just what. like <laughs> it's I mean, generally, I mean, it's, that makes because it's thing. it's rarely something yeah. that like I've I've rarely seen a movie that showcases Jamaica that that is like, oh, this place is terrible. Usually they they do it in kind of a, oh, these people are kind of great. I I mean, maybe I've not seen a lot of them, but anyways. I can't um, think of another Jamaican movie off the top of my head. Deja, I I just, it's annoying (laughs) to me that they couldn't find, like, a few Jamaican actors. Like, and the John Candy character wasn't even a thing in the actual, like, Jamaican bobsled team. So they just, like, made up John Candy as a character to be like, oh, here's a white guy that helped you guys do everything. It just, it, that movie 
Yeah, because you know all those white fucking Jamaica, all all those white bobsledding captains that just retired to Jamaica, <laughs> like like all of them are there. They're just I mean, chilling. And honestly, if they wanted to do it that way, they could have found like a white Jamaican because there's tons of those. Yeah. There's like a whole section of the island that's white. Bob Marley was half white. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. And one of the reasons why he um I didn't know that did a lot of the like, stuff looked... that he did was basically because. He was rejected by the white side of his family. Like, they had money and stuff like that. And they were just like, yeah, no, screw you. They were just like, you know what? Forget you guys. Like, you know. I understand, like, that's kind of one of the first cases of, like, a famous mixed person Mm -hmm. who got into politics partially because of, like, he didn't really fit in either one. Because the, the black side of those that were like, oh, but you're not really black. And then the white side was like, well, you're obviously not white. Which is a, a common, it's a simpl- a common it's thing but... for most, you know, um, people of color. And especially if you are mixed, you find it very hard to fit into multiple situations. Just just me having different interests, I find it hard to fit in. Like, oh, you, know, like, you pronounced you have... your words a certain way. And, you know, like, you Do you identify, like identify with the term comic blurred? books? I totally identify with the term blurred. That is, I will claim to be a blurred. And for those who don't know what a blurred is, it's just, it's <laughs> black nerd blurred. It's yeah, very I, simple. I saw one of my friends from Memphis, uh, a guy I know, um, ranting about it. He hated it. Um, Mr. Really? Donald yeah, Glover, was, Mr. Uh, Chadwick Gambino. He thought it was racist. Popularized the Why? Um, because, I don't know, I can't articulate his ideas I, quite as well as he did, but something about needing the distinction and... It's not about necessarily be- needing the distinction, but there's a very, in my opinion, there's a very distinct culture around being a black nerd that is different than being, uh, like, you know, a regular... Especially for me with comic books, there's not a lot of, like, prominent black characters. If you're one of those people that cosplays, you're stuck with, like three or four characters and if you're one of those people that cosplays and then just like does a different race you can get a lot of shit yeah for just like oh i'm gonna be a you know black flash or whatever people give you shit yeah it was actually really weird growing up like i saw a post i made from like years ago when uh they were making when um uh when the falcon was taken over for captain america Mm -hmm. for a little bit and like the entire internet blew up and it's like how like and I found it interesting because you could tell people either didn't keep up with comic books mm-hmm. or didn't read comic books, depending on if their argument was, well, well, Captain America has always been Steve Rogers. And it's like, um, no, no, no. one, Bucky took over a couple of years ago. Two, in the 70s, or in the 60s and 70s. He became he, Nomad even for a little while, like, yeah, he, way he before changed, that. He changed his name for a bit. Uh, Captain America was actually, at one point, like, there's a weird thing when they had to retcon, like, everything he did during the Cold War period when he was supposed to be frozen in ice, because it's, like, he went from, they made a Captain America comic, like, two or three times a year, and it was, like, him, like, fighting, like, in Cold War situations, kind of, and then they made that an evil Captain Rogers that was, like, the military took part of like his dna and then made a super soldier out of it and fused it with this dude and made blood it's stupid but like <laughs> captain america hasn't always been steve rogers it was also around the time that uh thor was gonna become a woman and i'm pretty sure she's still in <coughs> that depiction still it's is jane accurate. it's jane foster as far as i understand i've yeah. followed up with it recently but the thing that like i think 
for me Thor being a. Huh? Uh, yeah, so Thor... He lost his hammer because yeah. he became un unworthy. Yeah. Basically, I'm not exactly sure how it happened, but basically the reason that he's Thor is because he can wield Mjolnir, which is, you know, the, the, the hammer, yeah, yeah, and yeah. it gives him a lot of his powers, um, but he can do it because he's worthy. Um, during one of the big uh, series, I think, um, Steve Roger, no, it was um, Nick Fury. And Nick Scully Fury um, basically said, did, I forgot what, he whispered something in his ears, and it made him unworthy. So I don't remember what that was. I didn't follow the series after that, but he could no longer lift the hammer because he was unworthy. Yeah. And then um, a female character um, who turns out to be uh, Jane Foster, which is was his love interest on and off, and she ends up becoming Thor. Yeah, and weirdly enough, like the idea had been introduced before because you know I made a joke about it being Scarlett Johansson because now I can't think of Black Widow without her. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Black Widow picked up the hammer before, and back when uh, Marvel and DC did their like weird little connection back mm -hmm. when comic book sales were shit and they made the Amalgam universe. Yeah. If I remember correctly, there is a scene where Wonder Woman picks up the hammer as well as Superman. So, like... I mean, there's a lot been a few, a few yeah, different I think, people like, that my have favorite, held the hammer. I favorite. think that's all fucked up. <laughs> um, but, I mean, if you think it from the standpoint that, like, um, these characters are fictional and, you know, they're gonna do different things with them throughout the course of their histories. And the issue... I'm kind of trying to... I don't want to cut you off that, yeah. but I want to kind of segue back into the reason why I I like and appreciate the fact that there is, like, you know, a blurred culture is because as a black person that's interested in these things that there's not a large population of black people that are that I've met that are, like, you know... There's not a large population when I was growing up of nerds anyway. You know, we're kind of a subculture, and now it's kind of blown up, but if you're interested in these things... It, you, you sometimes don't get accepted by the larger culture. I like up until you know um, um, Miles Morales Spider Man, which is you know he's a yes! black Latino Spider Man, which One is of, awesome. I, I grew up. I'm, I'm going to say this great. as as a young white kid who was nerdy and smart, who loved Peter Parker as a child. I am super excited that Miles Miles Morales became a thing, just because like. Not only is he a really interesting, cool character that gives a different perspective, because mm -hmm. Peter Parker's from Queens. Like, Queens isn't that fucking bad. Yeah. Like, he's not. If I remember correctly, isn't Miles Morales from Brooklyn? Yeah, I think Brooklyn yeah. or Bronx. But anyway, I think the thing with Miles Morales that I loved was that they did not just make... A black dude. They did not yeah. just take Peter Parker and you're black now. Uh, yeah, they gave no. him a separate character, <laughs> yeah. a separate storyline, and his own separate issues. And then they brought him into the regular continuity of the, the Marvel Universe, the regular um, Earth-6... Yeah, but anyway, he's, he's the regular. Yeah, he's, 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 he is Spider-Man. He's not Ultimate Spider-Man. He's not Spider -Man. Amazing Spider-Man. Spider right. He is Spider-Man. So, but up until re recently, there aren't a lot of these characters yeah. that you, as a young person of color, uh, even right. a young woman, can relate to on a level that's generally acceptable. So, yeah, yeah there is a subculture of black and right. nerds, <laughs> and I, I really respect and, and appreciate that subculture. Honestly, one thing that I appreciate about that is one of my favorite cartoons growing up was the Justice League cartoon back in the day. And that was during the time when DC Comics had one of my favorite DC characters, Green Lantern. Green Lantern, John Stewart. Being John Stewart, not John Stewart, the old comedy dude who no longer does comedy except for when Stephen Colbert calls him on the phone and he's bored. Um, but a... Marine, ex-Marine. Yeah, uh, an ex, a black ex-Marine who has extremely strong willpower and... Is also an architect. Like, yeah, he... Awesome dude. I don't remember if he was second or third. Third. I think that um, uh, Guy Kyle. Gardner... Yeah, Guy Gardner. 
Guy Gardner was first. And you know what? I don't think Guy Gardner was first. I, there, there's like, I don't no, even how, know why Earth how, has Al so many first, Green Lanterns. He went evil, and then, then Guy Gardner was two, and then Guy Gardner was killed, and then, and then John, John Stewart. Stewart, and then after John Stewart, there's uh, Kyle Rayner. Yeah, Rayner. So Earth has, like, for some reason, four Green Lanterns. Yeah. Even though every other sector has one, like one or two, <laughs> one or two. Well, there's They're a li- there's a lineage. Yeah. There's like a bit of a lineage with it, but that was like one thing that I realized growing up, and like I, when, and that's something I didn't realize growing up is that I kind of always had heroes to look up to. Like being a young nerdy kid who whose father was kind of absent, I didn't really like. I connected a lot with Peter Parker because he was just this nerdy dude who, even though he was just a kid, because mm-hmm. he was just a kid, at least in the co- in, uh, the cartoon I watched, in yeah. the comics he had become a college student by, by that point. But um, that's another misconception. People always yell about online about whenever Peter Parker like isn't in high school. Like, when Amazing Spider-Man came out and they're like, oh, he's in college now. And people yelled about that. It's like, he's supposed to be in high school. It's like, he was in high school for like 20 <laughs> issues back when he was the first... Like, back when he first came out. After that, he went to college. Yeah. And then he was stuck at college for, like, three decades. But uh, that was something I didn't really realize growing up, is, like... I wasn't, like, thinking about... Like, you know, most seven-year-old children aren't thinking about race relations and, you know, what other cultures have to look up to as heroes. But, you know, if I was, it'd be really difficult for me to find, you know, really much heroes or nerd culture to attach to as someone who's not a white dude. Like, yeah, there are female characters, but nearly all of them are white. I can't think of many, if any. I can't, I actually can't. I can think of Storm, and that's about it. Storm um, and, like, two or three other Storm, X-Men. there's Dr. Late. Um, there's a couple of them, but they're not prominent. Like, yeah, you know, they're, they're um, usually, like, either side characters, uh-huh. or they're what I refer to as the, uh, the 1990s token, we need to find someone who's not white, Mexican, mm-hmm. or disabled to fit this trio. Which I love. It's like a weird thing from the 90s. Like, they were trying to be so inclusive that they... You had to have one white dude. (laughs) You had to have one female. You had to have one black person. One Hispanic person. And then one disabled person of some kind. And the BK kids fit that very well. I don't remember a trend of people with disabilities. Um, well, I was just like that's it was just like a random that's like the final fit. It wasn't necessarily Hispanic. It was like a, a brown person. <laughs> yeah, it sometimes was had, yeah, sometimes you're like, where is this person supposed to be from? I've yeah. never heard that name before. Yeah. Um, but the thing is that like right. you look at rep- the way that things are represented, and then you're like, if you have one, like you look at like when Finn was like you know black stormtrooper and everyone lost their minds and just like the, yeah. the sto- like, people that I know that are I, actually <laughs> Star Wars fans are just like have you not do, do you not realize that this is a thing this has been a thing if you're they wear a, suits. actual Star Wars they fan? wear head to toe suits because their whole thing was that like the um everyone was a Jango prequels Fett. don't exist it <laughs> was a Jango Fett like a uh, uh, clone and they were like no after the Clone Wars they started conscripting from different planets. Yeah. So they would go to different planets and be like, hey, fucking, you're all with us now. Even hmm. even, even within the context of... Congratulations, you joined the army. <laughs> Sorry, that argument makes me really mad because they forget that a plot point about the clone army 
is that it's a it, while it's a clone army, it's a giant, massive clone army. It's a finite fucking army. Yeah. They're not constantly They're cloning them. Yeah. That's why that that that's how they retconned it. Because in episode four, you have stormtroopers of different heights, which would have been impossible if they're right. all the same. <laughs> now, of course, the reason they were different heights is because they couldn't find 20 people who were all the exact same <laughs> height to wear the same suit, one of which bangs his head, but... They kept that in the movie. Yeah, yeah. It, they kept it, and then later on, the, my favorite ever special edition feature, you know, other than the, uh, the whole Sarlacc pit, is the fact that they added a side, uh, sound effect to uh, that bunk. It's it's now canon. But, yeah, I don't know. I think it's a weird thing that I see a lot of the time. It's kind of a misconception that, you know, well, people of other races have their own heroes. And it's like, not in pop culture. Not really. I mean, I as someone who, like, thinks of, like, nerdy culture and, like, all of this, I can't think of, like, any non-obscure... <coughs> superhero, whether it be comic book character or cartoon character, yeah. who is at least from like the 70s to like the early 90s was anything other than either the token black person, the random brown person, or the villain. Like, I mean, I mean think about it. Like, the biggest, the biggest black person in cartoons in the 80s was Baxter from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and he was a villain. Wasn't... I really appreciate, he was black when I was in the, I in the 90s. I have no idea who you were talking about. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? I know who he's they the dude, are. He's the dude who made the, uh... The... the, the fuck, he I, made the... The slime, the ooze? The no, radio. he used the ooze for something. Oh, I can't fucking remember. But, I mean, like... I, I think that looking at the characters, I know that there are characters now that have given given a little bit more prominence, but, like back in the day where they were just like I, I, I never was interested in Luke Cage and now recently he's been written really really well in the last couple of crises they, Honestly, they, he was even leading him. an Avengers team yeah, I, and all that kind of stuff and he's just like oh Luke Cage is cool now like didn't used to be that's really interesting too I forgot he fucking leads a team that's unheard yeah, he's, of he's, like and Storm is the only only character I can think of in Marvel <laughs> that other than the Falcon which only happened because someone died, I, took over. I don't remember teams. the name of that team, but they called it. They like, oh, like, like they called it the Black Avengers. Yeah, it was, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was, <laughs> yeah. It was. It was like it was this like, weird part of the comics where they just took a bunch of like black characters, black like, characters who were Avengers yeah. and totally equal to all the other Avengers and made them a team. <laughs> and then made like, oh. you are the Black Avengers. <laughs> You will now go pick up trash in Central Park. Like, <laughs> what? Yeah, that's pretty cool. Did they do worse missions? They were probably awesome, though, right? I mean, they were like they weren't as grand. Wait, wait. wait. Gra- I, I think a... it was a great under like. Oh you know, no, it's it's cool. <laughs> Sorry, I know I looked lost in thought for a second. I had a specific flash of a childhood memory. Who was the black guy? I think he was from X Men. That had wore like a silver, like it looked like metal suit. I had an action figure of him, and he had like metal uh, gloves or something. Bishop, Bishop, Bishop. yeah, Bishop, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dreads, yeah. Bishop was, Bishop was cool. I think it's interesting. I love that action figure. <laughs> Actually, one thing with Luke Cage is like he's probably other than the newer Samuel, well Samuel L. Jackson, I was gonna say, but uh, Nick Fury. Mm. Uh, other than uh, Samuel L. Jackson, Nick Fury is like one of the more famous male black characters in the the Marvel universe since like they were introduced like 
Miles Morales is known to people who care about comics. Yeah. Like, most people don't know about it. Uh, I don't... Have you seen the new Spider-Man movie? No. Okay, I, I won't say anything. I def- I'm gonna go see it, because I'm a huge, huge I mean, it's Spider-Man not, fan. But. It, it's not, like, a big thing. It's not a story mm-hmm. thing. But uh, there's a weird Easter egg that I love in it with... Uh, not just Childish Gambino Don with Donald Glover, but Donald Glover plays a... Miles Morales' uncle? Yeah, yeah. possibly. It, it possibly. hinted at because what he says is like, oh, you must be new to this, and blah, 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 blah. And then uh, he ends up giving information to Spider-Man, and it's all because he's like, you know, man, like, you know, I got a nephew in the neighborhood, like, I can't have guns around here, which is the plot point of Miles Morales, um, which is really interesting to me. But... The, the interesting thing is, like, other than, like, and both of them are kind of, as far as I can tell, archetypes of, like, strong black males. Like, it, it's weird to me that we've finally reached a point where you'll see male characters who have an emotional side in movies and TV shows and stuff. And it's, like, not always fully fleshed out, but it exists. But then you'll have someone like Luke Cage, who up until recently was just, I'm strong. Un- I'm bulletproof black man who can kill anything, <laughs> and that's his character. And like, yeah, it was back during a, like, he's from the seventies, right? He was like a pretty cool character. Like I've always thought he was a pretty cool character. I've gone back and started to read his stuff because I finally got Marvel Unlimited. But it kind of seems like an archetype up until like the nineties. Yeah, when they actually rewrote a lot of those characters around the nineties, yeah. and they kind of fleshed them a little bit better. But yeah, before, up until then, they're just like, oh. I mean, they're, black guy how do we make an interesting oh we're gonna make him strong and bulletproof and okay, <laughs> that's also that's really creative guy that's also a bit or, insulting and Am there's the also one? a weird thing about black heroes with electric electricity powers look it up it's weird yeah they have like a static they have um static shock Mr. terrific Woo! they have um that was the other one i was thinking of uh, what is it oh god there's black lightning yeah that's you're making a tv show i'm hoping they don't make it terrible but there's like a couple and they're all have lightning powers it's weird I don't know. Well, Have you ever felt particularly attracted to electricity? Not not really. <laughs> I have a tendency to avoid things that might kill me. Maybe you need to smoke some ganja <laughs> and let Ja speak through your dreads, which I know you don't have. I'll check your body. <laughs> they don't know that. Maybe. <laughs> and then... I, I just think I think it's interesting that we kind of live in this world that's full of misconceptions. That we kind of we probably said a bunch of them in this episode. We probably have in the podcast before. We're yeah, spreading so fake news. Mis- <laughs> yeah, that's the thing is uh, misconceptions are everywhere. We believe a lot of things, and it's hard to forget something once it's in your head. Um, before we started recording, we were talking about like sleight of hand and stuff, and planting thoughts in your mind. Uh, in the subconscious, um, you hear things and you don't even register it, and then later you repeat it or you repeat a version of it. Um, yeah, it's, or it, it, it's like the whole weird thing where it's like once you learn a word for the first time, you'll hear it. Like, what is, what is the the number now? Like three. And it, it, it goes back to um, like what we were talking about like a few episodes ago about like I'll see a commercial and be like, I really want that burger. <laughs> like, and I don't even think. Like, you know, do I, is that something that I consciously decided I'm going to get up today and go have a burger? No, I saw a commercial, and that presentation of that food, yeah. it just kind of made me want to go out and get it. So I'm like being advertised to constantly at every different... Oh, yeah. And so we know how powerful that is, and we know a lot of it is false, um, <laughs> which is kind of scary. We make a lot of decisions based on faulty information, 
every day. Is I it, think it just comes down to it's easier. And yeah. if it's something that we're not consciously thinking about or doesn't necessarily stop us on our daily lives, we just don't care. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like, you don't have to give a shit about, yeah. you know, if if North Korea really is a, a communist satellite that just never died or if it's a fascist satellite that never died. It doesn't impact you that much. But, but it does impact you if the Nazis are on the dark side of the moon. This is true. And it does impact you... We haven't addressed the biggest misconception of all, the fact that you don't live on a globe. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You are, we are on a flat earth, everybody. We are on a flat earth. Oh, gosh. Uh, that's not a misconception. That's just truth. <laughs> Heliocentrism, huh? Sun worshiper here. <laughs> Actually, no. We're all going to talk about that for a second. Why is... I, I, I'm very confused. Like, if somebody wants to believe in a flat earth, that's fine. I mean, I don't believe that you've very critically thought of things, but why is it that a lot of the arguments I hear are... You're you're just a global... You're, you're like, the anti... Like, a lot of it is so, like, okay, you're self-centered because you believe that we're on this globe, but then a lot of... Like, what you just brought up... Like, we can cut this. I don't know. But... Flat Earthers, I see, continually talk about how the reason that we have to be on a flat Earth is because if we're just this ball in the middle of the universe, then we're meaningless. And it's like, yeah, and... So, that's the thing. Uh, (laughs) Flat Earth theory, You, if you want to go into it at all, you are going to run into some hardcore... Christianity. Um, oh, definitely. Like, it is a part of its very identity. You you can find a couple things, like, when Pete defenses of it and people are like, oh, well, you know, it, it looks flat. I don't feel like I'm curved, blah, blah, blah. Um, but if you want any explanations, like, you know, you hear about flat earth and you're like, well, huh, but what do they think about gravity? But what do they think? And then if you try to get their explanations for them, they are basically... Everything is a lie. Science is a fraud uh, perpetrated on yeah. you by Satan and or and demons and or aliens. Usually demons. Um, I they see don't really believe more in, commonly. Well, they they really believe that aliens Alien demons. are demons coming to theaters twenty twenty. They, they present themselves as aliens because they want the world to believe in the idea of space. These people don't believe that space and other planets exist. They think the sky is a solid dome, then stars are reflections um, of water outside of the dome um, that is pulsating through vibrations, like cymatics, um, when you put uh, vibrations through like water in a speaker and yeah. it creates these beautiful patterns. Yeah. They believe stars are really cymatics of certain frequencies um, because they believe you know this very well I saw it on Facebook uh, all existence the fundamental uh, makeup of existence is vibrations um, and frequencies so the stars are just certain frequencies that are pulsating outside of the globe that is the sky there's water that resonates with that frequency so it all hitches on God is keeping us in this self-contained thing. There is no outer space. Science is a lie. Um, 
Sorry, I know that was really intense, but that's why. That is such a reversal of why why we have, in a weird sense, moved towards this, like, hypercritical world. Like, I don't know many people in this world who just, like... Like, I mean, okay. People believe, like, random shit all the time. Like, just, like, random little, like, factoids and then actual facts and, like, different misconceptions and stuff. But, like, we kind of live in a world where... Now it's really difficult to have a conversation where, you know, like I've repeated stuff that I like has been wrong before. Oh, of course, we all do. Everybody does it, but it's weird because I've kind of realized by watching period piece movies that we really are in this weird world where, you know, if you say something, someone will Google your ass. Well, what? Someone will definitely Google your ass. Oh yeah yeah. And yeah. it's like. I get that, but there's also this weird thing to be said for just, like, talking. Like, right now, like, like we might check our phones to, like, really, like, to quote something because we don't want to quote something wrong, but usually we don't look at our phones other than to, like, check notes of, like, what we were going to say anyway. Yeah. And I think it's interesting that we kind of live in that world now where we can check everything. Every single fact and idea can be checked and checked again and sourced and unsourced and discredited by a simple Google search and yet we still believe like a lot of weird things that make no sense and there's like a weird resurgence of conspiracy past like what we've seen in in the past like well I think it's because in general people can get the information there's so much information out there that you can almost always find information that agrees with you even if it's wrong so if you believe something and you are searching, like, you know, something very particular, um, then you can just find the information that agrees with what you thought anyway. Right. So then you'd be like, oh, see, I was right. Well, you, you can you can find um, Illuminati clone glitch videos where you see people's faces freeze for, like, 45 seconds and they don't blink and they look like... They're having some kind of seizure. And then you can also find that same video clip uh, where that doesn't happen. Um, so, you know. Yeah. One of those was edited, Kaysen. <laughs> you mean to tell me that the Illuminati doesn't have clones of celebrities performing routine tasks? <laughs> Why not just use robots? They could be robots. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I feel like editing is... No, no, my, um... It's all possible. Everything I, is a my, lie. Existence I, is pain. You know, I, no. To be for real, though. Look at me. I've never been to Antarctica. I don't believe there's an ice wall there. I have never been, though. I mean, I, why is it an ice wall? That's what. Uh, I think well, there is an ice wall there, or what would it? You know, a continent made of ice, so an ice wall when you come up to it. But the flat Earths believe that that is all there is, um, that it stretches around the whole flat earth and is a wall, enclosing us, not a continent on one cap. Um, and some of them believe there's... walk forward? Well, they say they, the government won't let you because the, there's a military-industrial complex there. And that's where all the secret stuff is. There's on also... On the melting ice cap? The melt, the, the one that's melting. You know the global one. warming is also an Illuminati scheme, Zach. God. I told you You just have science. not been paying attention, Zach. <laughs> Anything, if you want to use science, 
you have to know that you're bought by the Illuminati. I'm having really bad flashbacks right now to a couple days ago. <laughs> All right. I'm sorry. That's a lot of Illuminati talk. Um, <laughs> we should minimize that. Uh, they watch. <laughs> <laughs> and listen. They, they're listening now. <laughs> um, what you said about us talking and stuff, I really agree with that. I have a hard time telling people what this podcast is about. Um, and the reason I love it and what I think is really nice about it is that we do just talk we experiment with our words quite a bit. We say some outlandish ideas sometimes. And that's what talking and conversation should be. What? You mean fucking Andrew Jackson isn't the greatest president? You fucking liar? <laughs> um, uh, that's what talking should be. It should have a lot of errors in it when you're having conversations, like meaningful conversations with people and like discussing ideas. Um, I don't know. Like, you could. That's the difference between talking with someone and writing. When you write, you, like, develop this greater concept and you, like, delve into yourself and tear yourself apart in a sense. But, like, when you're talking, you got to be open. And I think you're uh, open to having stuff pulled out and put into you. And it's really nice. And I think that as long as you go into something with an open mind and and, an actual, not like, oh, I'm going to be able... No, an actual open mind to, like, where different concepts can literally change your thought process... Um, I think that then you end up being a better person in the long run. I can agree with that. I just think that we live in a very interesting time for, you know, whether it be curiosity, as we talked about on the podcast before, whether it be this idea of what reality even is, because that's something to talk about. Like, I mean, yeah. it's weird, but it's something to yeah. talk about. But for me, it just comes down to you need to start the conversation in order to really know where the fuck you stand. Because I've talked with too many people about like weird philosophical stuff and historical stuff and political stuff to not understand where someone's coming from, but then also not wait for them to form their ideas and see them kind of like have that thought in their head of like, do I really believe that? Yeah, and I, I've I've had that myself a few times where I'll say something and then I'll just go like, "Huh, do I really believe that, or am I just saying that because it fits like a greater concept?" Or and I think it's more difficult for me just because like, or fits your argument at that point. Oh, God, which is yeah. a very common one. I find yeah. my, sometimes myself doing. I'm like, "Wait a second, now I wouldn't normally argue that, but right now yeah. I'm need not gonna to. lie. My favorite <laughs> thing to do is arguing with." Uh, with Hillary supporters about what happened and then just, like, taking the most outlandish argument I could possibly think of. Like, agreeing with them that it's Russia, but then also disagreeing that it's, like... It's like, well, you know, they didn't want her not because she's a woman, but because she's an alien. <laughs> because she's an alien that they didn't want her. It has nothing to do with, like... Her I mean... The Russia, Russians are trying to save us from an alien invasion. It's yeah, obvious. that's all they're doing. They're trying to save us. That's why they gave us Donald Trump, who's uh, our lord and savior. No. <laughs> I... I have to say, if there's evil Remember, imposters he, in the world, he is our god Trump emperor. One of them. <laughs> but, uh, and on that note, if I'm gonna make those kind of judgments, the Illuminati originally, the historical Illuminati that actually exists, and not the one that a lot of YouTube videos are made about, would have killed him. <laughs> like that's some. 
They would have killed him. They would have <laughs> killed if, God what if the and that the Donald... aliens and anyone wait, wait. else trying to exercise hierarchical power over man. Wait, wait. I, I, I got a hot take. A very, very hot take. What if Donald Trump is actually a clone of one of the stand-ins? Oh, shit. Okay, this is going <laughs> off the motherfucking rails right now. <laughs> I wanted to have a podcast that was just us talking for like an hour and a half, and I've enjoyed it. <laughs> We're misconceiving some stuff. I, I feel it. You can't prove hey. he's not a clone of a clone. No, you can't. You can't. You really, really can't. Um, I think I'm, I'm going to end us with a, a poem. Is that okay with y'all? Go yeah, for go it. for it. All right, y'all. Um... This is a thing I like to do. I call it poetry picting. I am picking up this book, Dialogue with R.D. Lang by Richard I. Evans. R.D. Lang was a radical psychologist um, that identified uh, and studied with schizophrenics quite a bit. Um, look him up. It's kind of weird stuff. And I'm just going to flip through this book and write a poem for you. The popular notion was a two-headed penny. Not clear. We had better call it red. Peg saw Florence on the street. My bicycle was identical to the schizo family. That proves that blood relatives, a pathological process, are rubbing together. My chemical system couldn't get otherwise. The hospital patients had mental criticisms. Six days, you just do it. It's a system. It's the same, void, over and over again. Experiences in India, yes, India, yes. Resting and flexing entirely at our pleasure. The artifacts have civilization's critic criticism of Nixon. The power importance, the power impotence. Exist as it does, the administration is a space created so that communication can occur. Suppose you were exiting the system in front of her father. The girl told you not very socially acceptable psychosis due to aging categories neurosis but not all people are oblivious so many people call themselves concepts you new york tour necessary evil the birth sort the sensor register sign of excitement that the central lang expressed himself they know they think that they would stand up they think that the hospital books could read their minds of course the fire station went down the economic body was large he didn't seem perturbed by it. Indeed, for his perennial nature did agree. Seriously suspect a line of thought about the great sense of experience. In fact, dialogue at various points was a method of teaching. What is a bystander? A very zany, peculiar field. Thank you. We are Across the Aisle. I am Adam. I'm Zach. And I'm Kason.